Thank you and welcome to Scripture on Creation. I'm Scott Kump. And I'm Dr. Ben Scripture. Dr. Scripture, today you want to consider a psalm that is definitely associated with God as creator, Psalm 89. Mm -hmm. And as we study it, you said we were going to see how in the psalm the Lord's attribute of faithfulness is tied to his identity as creator. That's right, Scott. Throughout the Bible, we find passages that make connections between different aspects of God's character. For example, a well-known New Testament verse that does this is 1 John 1.9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In this verse, John connects God's attributes of faithfulness and righteousness to the forgiveness that he gives. He's faithful. In other words, he always does forgive, and he's righteous, or just, as some versions translate it, because it's the right thing to do, based on Jesus Christ having already paid for sin we've committed. I think of the attributes of the Lord that are named in Revelation chapter 19, when he is about to judge the wicked who have rejected that forgiveness. In verse 11, it says, And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat upon it is called Faithful and True, Mm -hmm. and in righteousness he judges and wages war. That is a profound contrast. In the one case, God is faithful and right to forgive, but in the other case, he is faithful and right to judge. However, let's not forget— the sin of both the one who has placed his trust in Christ and the one who has not trusted Christ is judged. All sin is judged. The difference between the believer and the unbeliever is one understands that Jesus was judged on their behalf and accepts Jesus' payment for their sins. The other rejects Jesus' payment and takes the judgment for their sin upon themselves. Well, we could point out many other passages that make connections between various characteristics of God, but I want to look at how Psalm 89 connects the Lord's faithfulness to his creation. Now, Psalm 89 is a long psalm, 52 verses, so we won't consider all of it. But one verse that is often quoted with respect to God's creative work is verse 11. The heavens are thine, the earth also is thine. The world and all it contains, thou hast founded them. You know, that sounds a lot like the earth is the Lord's and all it contains. Now, what verse was that? That's the beginning of Psalm 24. Oh, And it is very similar to Psalm 89. Read the entire first verse of Psalm 24, Scott. Psalm 24, 1, a psalm of David. The earth is the Lord's and all it contains, the world and those who dwell in it. And I'll read verse 2. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. And what principle do both convey? God made the earth, therefore God owns the earth and all it contains. We see that over and over again, don't we? Yep. And in that case, I suppose we could say both Psalms 24 and 89 make a connection between God's identity as creator and his dominion. But the connection in Psalm 89 that I want to focus on is God's faithfulness and his creation. This psalm is written by Ethan the Ezraite. 
And it's interesting that the theme of the Creator's faithfulness relates to his promises to King David. Hmm. So often, like in Psalm 24, it is David himself who writes about the Creator. Yes, but in Psalm 89, it is Ethan who, in part, writes about David. Hmm. So, let's read how the psalm begins. And today, we'll be using the NIV. So, go ahead, Scott. Psalm 89, a masculine of Ethan the Ezraite. I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. With my mouth, I will make your faithfulness known through all generations. I will declare that your love stands firm forever, that you established your faithfulness in heaven itself. Okay, so without going any further, what does the phrase, you established your faithfulness in heaven itself, bring to mind? It makes me think of the sun, moon, and stars. God established their places and movements, and nothing has changed them. (laughs) I agree. And that idea is indeed what he eventually states clearly. But the faithfulness Ethan describes first is his confidence in God's faithfulness to keep his promise to David. Let's keep reading. Verse 3, you said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to David my servant. I will establish your line forever and make your throne firm through all generations. Selah. Notice, the psalmist is repeating the promise God made to David, and with the instruction Selah at the end of that statement, he's saying, think about that. Now, it is most likely that this was written while David was still king. So, someone could say, How do you know God will fulfill his promise to David? He hasn't even had a single heir sit on the throne yet. And you're claiming David's throne will be established forever through all generations. (laughs) That's a pretty audacious claim. Well, the answer is what follows in verses 5 through 14. The heavens praise your wonders, O Lord, your faithfulness too in the assembly of the holy ones. For who in the skies above can compare with the Lord? Who is like the Lord among the heavenly beings? In the council of the holy ones, God is greatly feared. He is more awesome than all who surround him. O Lord God Almighty, who is like you? You are mighty, O Lord, and your faithfulness surrounds you. You rule over the surging sea. When its waves mount up, you still them. You crushed Rahab like one of the slain. With your strong arm, you scattered your enemies. And now here's verse 11. The heavens are yours, and yours also the earth. You founded the world and all that is in it. You created the north and the south. Tabor and Hermon sing for joy at your name. Your arm is endued with power. Your hand is strong. Your right hand exalted. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Love and faithfulness go before you. So, there are several references to the Creator's handiwork in those verses. And as the psalmist speaks of them, what he is doing is making the connection between the consistency or faithfulness of the order in creation and the faithfulness of the Creator in fulfilling His promises. And the first description is in verse 5. The heavens praise your wonders, O Lord, your faithfulness too in the assembly of the holy ones. Now, how do the heavens praise the Lord's wonders? 
All you have to do is look up on a clear night. The heavens declare the glory of God. Well said. Thank you. And the heavens also praise the Lord's faithfulness. How? By their example of being so firmly established. You know, the sun isn't going anywhere, and the constellations move the same way every year, year in and year out. Then the psalmist goes on to mention several references to the holy ones who surround the Lord. You know, that makes me think of the scene revealed in Revelation chapter 4, where it says, And the four living creatures, each one of them having six wings, are full of eyes around and within. And day and night they do not cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty, who was and who is and who is to come. And what else do they say, Scott? Worthy art thou, our Lord and our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou didst create all things, and because of thy will they existed and were created. (laughs) It's almost like Ethan is being given a glimpse into that holy throne room. He goes on then to say in verses 8 and 9, O Lord God Almighty, who is like you? You are mighty, O Lord, and your faithfulness surrounds you. You rule over the surging sea when its waves mount up, and you still them. And then as though he's comparing a raging sea with the raging of Pharaoh when he chased the Israelites into the Red Sea, he reminds us of the destruction God brought upon Egypt. Read verse 10 again, Scott. Okay. You crushed Rahab like one of the slain. With your strong arm, you scattered your enemies. Rahab, you see, is a name used in the Old Testament for Egypt. So, the Lord was faithful to protect the Israelites from Pharaoh, just like his work in creation is faithful. And so, we read verse 11 and 12 once again. The heavens are yours, and yours also the earth. You founded the world and all that is in it. You created the north and south. Tabor and Hermon sing for joy at your name. So, by saying the north and south, Ethan is referring to planet earth. North and south are actually concrete places. The planet has a north pole and a south pole, unlike east and west, which are really merely directions. I don't want to make a big point of that, but I do find those kinds of details fascinating. Well, and speaking of concrete places, aren't Tabor and Hermon mountains in Israel? Indeed they are. So the picture being painted by the psalmist is another part of the Creator's handiwork declaring God's glory, and specifically in this case, His faithfulness. Read verse 14. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Love and faithfulness go before you. You know, Dr. Scripture, it's almost like we've come full circle. What do you mean? Well, the first verse you cited when we began thinking about the connections the Bible makes between the different attributes of God was 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's an excellent point. His faithfulness to forgive is as sure as the sunrise and the placement of the constellations in the night sky. But let's recall that in Psalm 89, what the psalmist is specifically praising the Creator for is his promise to David. 
which ultimately would be fulfilled in Jesus Christ and the establishment of his throne on earth during the millennium and beyond. So there we know that God has made promise after promise of the Lord Jesus Christ returning and establishing this throne. That was the promise to be fulfilled that God made to David through Jesus Christ. So let's read a little more of the psalm, starting at verse 29. I will establish his line forever, his throne, as long as the heavens endure. If his sons forsake my law and do not follow my statutes, if they violate my decrees and fail to keep my commands, I will punish their sin with the rod, their iniquity with flogging, but I will not take my love from him, nor will I ever betray my faithfulness. So, we might ask this question. Is Jesus Christ really going to return and establish his righteous kingdom on earth and forever? Well, here's what Psalm 89, verses 35 to 37 say. Once for all, I have sworn by my holiness, and I will not lie to David, that his line will continue forever, and his throne will endure before me like the sun. It will be established forever like the moon, the faithful witness in the sky, Selah. And that's not what I say. That's what Scripture says.